The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on whether you're listening to us live on Fresh FM, The Deadline Report with Ben Virgin, or if you're actually listening to me on the podcast, The Dyslexic Autistic Detective. Today I'm going to be talking to you about a story which is very, very close to my heart, and should be close to all of you, which is how close we are to a full-on thermal nuclear war. I mean, I'm talking about genuine World War Three. Give you a bit of context, historical context. So in the end of World War II, 1946-1947, the Bulletin uh, of Atomic Scientists came up with a a measuring method of uh, basically calculating how close we were to literally having a World War III situation. This was called the, uh, the Doomsday Clock. Now, the closest it's ever been uh, up until very, very recent contemporary history has been the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962 when we came to within two minutes of a full-on-scale nuclear war. This is, you know, in the words of of JFK, this is an unwinnable war where even the uh, all their victor can taste is the ashes in their mouth. Where we are today, as in prior to the invasion of the Ukraine by the uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia, uh, without even going into the context of, of, of the geopolitics behind that, is we were at 90 seconds. So two minutes in 1962, 90 seconds in 2022. Today, 23, since that particular event has taken place, of course, uh, we have moved to a situation where we've had the invasion of um the Ukraine. And then on top of it, more recently, we've had the events unfold in the Middle East, which have really ramped up the series of escalation. The general uh, uh, assessment of the Bulletin of Atomic uh, Scientists, the Doomsday Clock, normally comes out around about every th- around about January. So we won't know how close the clock is until January 2024. But I'm estimating that at the current rate, uh, if it was 90 seconds at, at the beginning of this year, I think we're probably getting very close to uh, the 60 seconds of midnight. So in other words, that clock is just about at tick, 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 boom. And this is this is this is the number one priority that every person that doesn't want to watch the planet get extinct should be talking about. Our government should be should talking about, and we should be going out there and we should be protesting and marching and marching for peace and not marching for the Palestinians and not marching for the Israelis and not marching for the Ukrainians and not marching for the Americans, but marching for peace. Put down your flags. We only have one planet. There is only one people, and if we do not actually step down, we are going to wipe ourselves out. And we are very very close to that point right now. At the current particular time, uh, since the events that are taken transpired to, uh, in the Middle East in, in relating to the attack followed by the Hamas and then, of course, the tit-for-tat relationship uh, of Israel. And again, I've gone and done shows before and explaining that be careful when you take a side because this is a very, very complicated uh, conflict and it has a, a, a history that goes back not just to the beginning or the end of World War II, but in some of the cases, some of the motivating factors behind this are literally in the thousands of years of old. So unless you're a scholar, uh, maybe just following your, this is one of those things where, you know, following your uh, echo chamber in your social media is a really dumb thing to do. You know, this is not, this is not a sporting event. This is life and death on the entire planet. That's where we're at, boys and girls. Since that particular event that's taken place in Israel, what we are now witnessing is that you'll, you'll witness that 
C-17s. These are the big, huge, uh, bigger than a C-130 Hercules. These are the large American freighters, and they are streaming into NATO, uh, sorry, into the NATO countries of Western Europe, left, right, and centre. Now, these weapons, uh, sorry, these aircraft have been very, very recently adapted so that they can carry tactical nukes. And this is exactly what we're witnessing, is that the United States of America has already indicated that they will be uh, taking their stockpiles of technical nukes and they will be sharing them amongst their NATO partners. Uh, and you just think about that again. And, I, and I'm going to give you a little, bit of a, a little bit of a snapshot here. Tactical nukes, generally speaking, are a new generation of nuclear weapons. Previously, we had international uh, IBCMs, interballistic continental missiles. Uh, these were missiles that, if you fired them from, say, from the United States to China, give or take, you're looking at a deployment time of somewhere between about 30 to 60, 60 minutes. So, in other words, each side had a 30 to 60 minute window opportunity to work out whether that blip of the radar was a real deal or whether some fly had crawled in and chewed on the wires and they had a little glitch that needed to be fixed. Hypersonic missiles radically change the time. So a hypersonic missile delivered from a Russian base in the Arctic Circle uh, would basically, upon being fired from a, adapted to a fighter jet, would be able to hit Washington within three minutes. So Cheyenne Mountain, who's one of the bases out there that actually you know monitor out there to see whether or not there's the, the other side have launched, have literally three minutes to work out whether it's a dot on the screen or, oh my God, the mice have gotten and chewed the wires. Uh, of course, the other thing is that these systems are now increasingly becoming uh, automated and they've been run by artificial intelligence. So as soon as one system on one side leaps up because it's it's arming, the other side does automatically as well. So again, the the... The, the room for error has drastically reduced itself. And these are things that we should be talking about. But unfortunately, we have a uh, increasingly a corporate media that actually doesn't want to address these issues because it offends their advertisers and it offends the governments and power blocks that are actually basically paying their wages. And we are increasingly devoid of an independent media that is actually run by people that really do know their topics and that have been studying this for a long time. As I said, you know, I've been studying this subject for nearly over 30 years. I have nearly over 700 academic citations behind me and my work has been translated into over half a dozen languages uh, that are basically brought, you know, published in not just New Zealand but Australia, United Kingdom and other part, other countries around the world. Cited by journalists, cited by uh, academics. So, you know, when I talk to you about this, I'm not coming from a, oh yeah, I've seen a couple of social media. This has been my lifetime work and I am, I am from my viewpoint, absolutely petrified. We're going to have a little bit of a break because I'm going to get a little bit into the question of deployment very shortly, uh, but I would like to play a song right now and I'd like you to really listen to the lyrics of the song. And this is Sting's I Hope the Russian Love Their Children Too. You're on the Deadline Report with Ben Virgin, care of Fresh FM, the greatest little radio station in the South Island and probably all the known universes.
You're on the Deadline Report with Ben Vigin Investigates, Kira Fresh FM, the greatest little radio station in the South Island and all of the worlds that I've known and travelled, which admittedly are not that many, but so far it's, it's been a very, very good experience. I'm, I'm doing a show today because I'm really, really uh, disturbed about what's happening with our peace movement. Our peace movement is going out there and they're going, oh, isn't Israel terrible? And they're turning around and they're choosing to pick a side. You cannot march for peace if you're picking a side. That's like the oxymoron of, of counterintelligence. You know, it's 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 just not it's 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 cynical partisan politics. And this is what I've noticed again. A lot of the social activism scenes that are happening around uh, New Zealand is that what's happened is that instead of you going to a protest and people getting up and speaking that are actually informed people who know their topic and are there because they genuinely care and they genuinely want to share that information, what we're getting is we're getting a lot of populist grandstanding of you go to a particular political event, uh, you go there discover that there's a, uh, a billboard, someone saying, vote for me, vote for me, or donate to my koa, and you can buy my bitcoins at 9995, and it's, it's cynical and it's just exploitive you know what we need to do is we need to be getting people out there who say look i'm not speaking because i'm pushing a identity politics or i'm pushing partisan politics i'm speaking because i'm genuinely terrified that we're about to be wiped off the map as an entire species and when we go we're going to take the other 23 million species with us and the reason why i'm terrified by this is because i'm looking at the map and i'm literally seeing what's taking place so in the current moment, what we have is the in the Arctic Circle, as you've all seen, the Russians are deploying a series of bombers. Normally the, the TPU, I think, I can't even remember the numbers because I'm dyslexic, but it's the TPUs. And they are able to carry basically uh, very, very large yield nuclear weapons. They're also deploying their uh, very advanced uh, um, fighter aircraft, most of these which actually you're not seeing or only in very limited numbers in the Ukraine battlefield. Now, this has been deployed because literally this is the attack plan for Russians, if they feel that basically a second front front starts open in, in, in Syria, which is rapidly what we're looking at right now, we're, we're, if you look at the map in the Red Sea, uh, you'll see a US aircraft carrier, which no one's actually mentioned is there, you'll see several amphibious air, uh, amphibious vessels and basically there is an uh, there is an, invade, an army ready to invade either probably Lebanon or Syria and come up underneath Russia's soft belly if that happens, the Russians will, will respond by effectively coming through the Arctic and coming down the eastern coast of the seaborne. That is that is the Russian war game scenario that any of you go look there, Politico, The Economist, any of these uh, you know um, journals out there that are actually very in-depth and a little bit more than your social media are basically saying if you come in underneath Russia via Syria, their response is that the Russians are going to turn around and go on the offensive by coming through the Arctic. So we're already seeing the deployment of these vessels. And, and so it's not just opinion. We are seeing hard assets that are landing on the ground. We are hearing the Russians talking about to the Dutch going, do you really want to go there, to go down that road? Or would you like to see a radioactive tsunami flood your cities and wipe them out? And when they're talking about that, what they're talking about is the uh, 2.0 or the... Or the um, second-generation nuclear weapons, which are uh, on the Russian submarine fleet, such as the Poseidon, which literally doesn't just turn around and actually nuke your town, it actually floods it with radiation so that you can't eat or grow anything there for probably the next 10,000 years. So welcome to the cursed earth of the, truly the apocalypse uh, of the sci-fi is threatening to be knocking at our doors right now. 
There are also sorts of all sorts of deployment of second generation, uh, not just atomic weaponry, but what I like to call electron weaponry. I'll do a separate show on that another day because that's a lot to unpack already. But what we've seen is we are seeing hard physical deployment of these weapons being rolled out. We are seeing them being experimented on. We are seeing some very strange phenomena taking place in those exact places. And while on one side the Americans go, oh no, the, the, our, our devices can't do that, they're pointing at the equivalent version that the Russian, the Chinese are going, oh, by the way, but these guys things which we're doing exactly the same thing of can do this, this and this and wipe out, jam your entire area, crash your internet, basically drive you back into the Stone Age, but our systems can't do that. Like, yeah, right, propaganda, propaganda. What's happening in Europe, as I've already mentioned, is that you've got the deployment of the C-17s, which have been uh, basically adapted to carry nuclear weapons, or specifically tactical nuclear weapons. And they're not just a few of these things flying into Europe. We're seeing every day a large convoy of C-17s flying in. Disturbingly, New Zealand has recently actually purchased these aircrafts as of 2017. And when you consider that uh, the Australians are also deploying in large quantities the Lockheed F-35, which is a, basically the stealth bomber whose job is to deploy tactical nuclear weapons, it's not too hard to work out what we're also seeing is the deployment of tactical nuclear weapons down under. So this is not just happening in the Northern Hemisphere and, oh, don't worry, that's on that side of the world. This is a conflict which is rapidly knocking at our front door. All of the intelligence that comes collected from in the Northern Hemisphere by um, Elon Musk's SpaceX, well, all that information gets downloaded into New Zealand at Arawara, at Hines, just south of Christchurch, in Blenheim, Wyopa, two places in the North Island, plus plus a third one, which is in Dargaville in the Northland. These are all targets. So in the event that the Russians feel that, yes, we're about to go DEFCON 1, and the Americans are going to try and try to knock out their, um, their military defence communication networks, we become we become a target. We are literally on the front line. We are not having any discussions. All these so-called peace movements, which, as I said, have been hijacked by political parties, are talking about things that they want that will get them votes. They're not talking about the reality of what's actually happening right now. As I said, you cannot have a peace movement where you're saying, we back the side. No, we've got to actually put down our flags and march for our planet. As I said, you also get into this, the situation of what's happening in uh, Europe is that we, aside from the, C, the deployment of C-17s, uh, we're also seeing the large deployment of the F-35. So these are the stealth bombers and these are the, the, the tools by which tactical nuclear weapons will be delivered. So C-17s bring the bullets, they get attached to the F-35 and then these things go, you know, they go to war. And, and the fact that they've been deployed in large numbers is a direct symptom of the tensions that are taking place. We've already discovered that the Russians, well in fact we haven't even discovered, the Russians admitted it, they've deployed tactical nuclear weapons to the Belarus and I'm assuming that they'll probably also deploy them to Georgia and they're making regular uh, comments about the fact that they're willing to use tactical nukes, which is directly by the way in response to the fact that the United States has also um, you know, not that Russia, America hasn't said, "Oh, we're going to deploy tactical nukes." They've just gone and done it. You know, and at the same time, they've also been deploying depleted uranium rounds, which are, from what from what we learn from the uh, experience of the first Gulf War, these are these are weapons that they don't just kill it during the war. They leave contaminants, and they those contaminants cause cancers, and they cause basically lethal diseases that will kill for many hundreds of years afterwards. And so. The Russians, while we, of course there is no excuse for anybody to deploy tactical weapons, the Russians are simply responding for a tit for tat. And at the same time, what the Russians are doing right now is that they are basically saying, well, you know those treaties that we signed when we said we would never march our armies into Western Europe? 
we're just ripping those up. So that's another sign that these tensions are ramping, uh, the, the, uh, ramping up and they're ramping up at a very, very fast space. I want to play another little song while I collect my thoughts and think about how, you know, start to give you some tools of empowerment. But I want to play with you uh, The Vars Armageddon's Days. Fresh FM, The Deadline Report with Ben Virgin Investigates.
I should say, depending where you are. It's the Deadline Report, Fresh FM, and we're basically looking at the nuclear crisis at Wynn, and it is a serious crisis. I have never been so terrified in my life. You know, this this is not theoretical. We are literally seeing nuclear weapons being deployed, and people, you know, in the days of the Internet, International Con- IBCM, Inter-Ballistic Continental Missile, the idea was mutual assured destruction. The idea was you weren't going to fire these nuclear weapons, because if you did, you'd wipe each other out, and that was the whole point. That, that's kind of what it was like the Mexican standoff. What we're now dealing with is an entirely new doctrine, which is that it's the absurd idea that you can win a nuclear war when you bloody well can't. Um, how do we empower ourselves about this? I think the first very important thing is to get people talking about this issue. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about going to your social media and having, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the crazy things about social media is that in 2015, my traffic was 135,000 people a week. Now, due to censorship, I probably will make 400 people a month. And and this is fitting with all the patterns that we're learning worldwide, is that the groups that have been censored the most are not actually the outright or even the progressive liberals. It's the people that are speaking out against corporations and the people that are speaking out against war. So stop thinking that social media, sitting on your phone going clickety-click, is going to stu- solve a damn thing, because it's not. You've got to get out there, and you've got to start talking about amongst this issue, amongst people yourself. You've got to educate them. You've got to make them aware of this is, it might not be on the news, it may not be on your Twitter feeds, your social media feeds, your Instagram feeds, but guess what? This is where we are. The world's biggest experts on the subject are saying, hey guys, uh, we're, we're, we're nearly two to three times closer to a nuclear bomb than the 1960 missile Cuba crisis, which stopped everybody in the tracks and had them sitting at the television with their mouths open going, oh my God, if this happens, this cannot possibly happen. And yet, here we are, in this full-on, basically, knife fight, and, and everyone's going around eating their popcorn and having their cappuccinos and lattes. La, 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 la. So, first thing, let's start talking about it. Second thing is, we need to be getting out there, and we need to be protesting, and we need to be writing about this stuff, and we need to be doing community radio shows, and most importantly, we need to be part of a peace movement that's not saying, oh, we support the Ukrainians, we support the Israelis, we support the Palestinians. No, we need to be supporting the planet. We need to be saying, 
peace for all. And we need to be involved in peace activism scenes which are not controlled by special interest groups that ultimately lean back to political organisations of the left and the, and the right that want your vote and want you to just follow along. You need to take some self-autonomy for yourself and you need to make, make your own protests and actually say, you know, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to your protests. I'm going to make my own protests and I'm going to get my own groups of friends and we're not going to turn around and write down written submissions to the council saying, would we, would we be allowed to protest on a Wednesday at 11 o'clock? <laughs> no. We have to turn around and actually start making these statements. And they, doesn't, they don't just need to be done in the hundreds walking down the street. You can turn around. You can screen print T-shirts. You can put posters up on your windows of your shops. You can turn around and do write letters independently to, the, to the, uh, your local newspaper. More And more importantly, you can get together in large numbers and go and visit your local MP and say, why is this not being discussed in Parliament? You know, why are we deploying troops to yet another conflict and we haven't had one public discussion? In fact, what we get every night is, if, you know, increasingly every week it's like, oh, isn't it wonderful that we've got Rocket Lab in our backyard? Nobody talks about the fact that actually this is breaking our nuclear-free laws. You know, nobody talks about that New Zealand was a country which turned around and raised our middle finger when the French turned around and blew up a, sh a peace ship and our own shores, our allies blew up a ship, murdered people in our own country. And this is why we turned our back on nuclear weapons. And we've forgotten our history. We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten our legacy. And it's not good enough. We are New Zealanders and we are the planet. We are the country that speaks for peace. And we don't need a political party's permission to do it. And we are not going to do it taking sides. So... People, please understand, this is a SOS situation. You need to realise that we need to get out there and we need to hold hands and go one planet, one people. This is Ben Vigin reporting to you from Fresh FM and I would like to go out with a very, very important tune today. Peace and goodwill to all my fellow man.
podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show first broadcast on fresh fm with support from new zealand on air fresh fm is a community access media station based in te Tauihu, the top of the south island new zealand the funding of access media makes these podcasts possible to find similar programs by other community access media stations go online to accessmedia.nz if you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.